Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to episode two of the Dysfunctional Guy podcast. I'm Dave Endicott, and thankfully there's only one Dysfunctional Guy podcast and one Dave Endicott to do it, and I would be that guy. It's great to have you all back here. Uh, Certainly I've appreciated all the great comments from episode one and the folks that have uh, showed some support for for continuing this podcast, we'll we'll keep doing it as long as it seems pertinent and well, as long as I have fun, because really, that's really, <laughs> it's kind of what I want to do, right? Uh, for one time in my life, I control something. It's awesome. I do want to get to share some feedback that happened from episode one. Um, as you know, last episode, I talked a lot about Buck O'Neill, Negro League Baseball, and, and, uh, And uh, my friend Bruce, who was my pastor in my teen years and a dear friend and also a guy that um, was a he's a diehard Cardinal fan, still a dear friend to this day. Well, I got a surprise package in the mail after my podcast, and it had a number of goodies that I think his wife is actually making him clean out his massive collection of memorabilia. But one of the things I got and I got to show it to you is my Buck O'Neill. Let me see if I can get it so that it... uh, here we go. My Buck O'Neill bobblehead. Maybe back here. There we go. Uh, so pretty cool. This will be I'm gonna this will be for every podcast. I've got to have my Buck O'Neill bobblehead ready to rock and roll. Bruce, thank you, brother. This is just uh, an awesome thing. Uh, it really brings me back to the start of this all, you know, so long ago, two weeks ago. Um the other piece that obviously we're we're really bored in the midst of this pandemic because I mean I, I was telling you I was hoping maybe 10 people would show up and I see today we're get, we got five right now but I know a lot of people will watch or hopefully a lot of people will watch later we ended up with over 850 views uh, from the first podcast and I, I'm just kind of blown. Y'all need a life. I mean, seriously, this is crazy. Um, But I I hope we continue to grow it and make it worthwhile and that you have some fun with it. The last uh, note from that first one, uh, my old roommate, Dave Vlander. we roomed together for three years in college. He was uh, our best man in our wedding, a dear friend who uh, just retired uh, from uh, career in teaching as a middle school social studies teacher. And he made sure to text me and let me know that he gave me a B+. For my first podcast, uh, I told him he probably grades a little too easy, and he thought that's probably why the kids liked him. Um, and I'm hoping I'm going to be using actually uh, some lyrics from a song he shared today. Uh, so hopefully that gets me up to A level. If I really suck up to the teacher like that, I don't know. We're going to give it a try. So for this podcast today, as you well know, in the last two weeks, uh, a lot has happened. A lot has happened in our world uh, with the uh, uprising at the, at the Capitol, the uh, counting of the electoral votes, and we have more coming up with MLK Day tomorrow and with um, the inauguration on the 20th. I really struggled with where do you go with all of that? I mean, it's just a lot, and I really need more space and time to really, I don't know, wrap my head around all those things and, and really speak I don't know if intelligently can happen, but at least honestly and and from the heart about it. So I I was trying to figure out, should I go through with my plan, which was to talk about my search for the Holy Grail, and we're talking career-wise and that kind of thing, Um, or do I kind of veer off into this? I am going to stick with the plan, and and we are going to talk more about those things uh, in, in the next one. 
you know, I, I worry that some folks are going to connect here and go, oh, this is going to be like some kind of professional podcast and Dave's going to share some incredible research or knowledge about how to be a great leader or how to live this life or, you know, those self-help. Or, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not that. Um, it's going to be pretty organic, pretty real, pretty much who I am. And I want to take more time to really swallow. I will share some thoughts at the end and the three random thoughts at the end about about all those things. Uh, but for this one, we're going to focus on my search for the Holy Grail and kind of some lessons learned in a job search over my life. And then, like I said, a few deep thoughts at the end. We do have a couple of sponsors today. And again, uh, sponsorship, uh, the great thing for sponsoring this podcast is it's free. It costs you nothing. If you got something you want sponsored for, send it my way. I'll make sure that uh, the world hears about your great endeavor. The first one is going to be the same sponsor as last time and probably a sponsor every time because, you know, it's my retirement plan. Uh, the Serenity Now Yarn and Alpaca Shop in Pine River, downtown Pine River. Uh, great place if you are a knitter or a crotcheter, as I like to say, or you've got other crafts uh, needs and things you like to do, or perhaps you just need to get warm. It sounds like we're supposed to get some cooler weather. You need some warm socks, hats, mittens, that kind of thing. Uh, we've got all that kind of alpaca wear and a ton of just beautiful stuff from different artisans around our area. Uh, really amazing. We've been, it's been one of the beautiful things that we have noticed uh, that has happened in, uh, in, in this store opening a year and a half ago or thereabouts uh, is finding out how many incredibly talented people there are in our area. So I want to, uh, I want to make sure that you know about them. And then the second sponsor is uh, there's an album that was put out by the Central Lakes Audio Club called The Secret Garden. And what happens is every year uh, the Central Lakes College Audio Club uh, creates an album. Uh, this year it's a digital download album with 18 songs from a variety of artists. Uh, it's some artists, it's all original tunes. Uh, some of it is students and faculty members from Central Lakes College. And this year, there's a ton of really cool stuff from other artists in, uh, that are regionally uh, quite popular and, and, uh, and have had great success in the music business. Jer Jerry Small, Low, Blake Shippey, Trampled by Turtles, Mary Bue, Greg Cougar Conley, Glitterati, Iron Range Outlaw Brigade are all a part of this. Uh, album and it you can go to and I'll post this link but clcaudioclub.bandcamp.com and find it it's a free download however we ask for donations those donations will go towards uh, the CLC Foundation's emergency relief funds uh, to really help our students during a time of COVID that have emergency needs that come up and so it goes for a great cause. 18 songs, you're gonna find every genre of music possible. Uh, and you're also gonna find a little self-promotion, a song by the Wittenberg Doors, which is Chris Fogrud and I, my dear friend Chris. Uh, and it's an original song called Buried, taking one of my poems with uh, doing some collaboration with Mark Lindquist who put this album together and is my, my guitar instructor. Uh, I will tell you that he's a much better instructor than I am a student. Uh, and uh, we kind of all went together and, and put this together. So uh, I just want to make sure you're aware that uh, that's out there. And I'll post all these links after the podcast today for that. So a couple of sponsors there. All right. Now let's get down to the nitty gritty. 
Um, I'm, for those of you that are Seinfeld fans, um, I was thinking about titling this An Old Man's Journey from K-12 to Higher Ed. Uh, there's, a, there's a great scene from Seinfeld where George is trying to rent a movie of, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? And now it's escaping me, but uh, a young woman's journey from Milan to Minsk. And uh, so I thought I'd steal that. But instead, it's just kind of my search for the Holy Grail. I had a couple of nights in the midst of this chaos we've been experiencing where one night we watched the Holy Grail at home and the next night we watched Hamilton. And then I realized we watched two movies, obviously very different movies, that are about kind of overtaking government. So I'm not sure those were really appropriate, but what the heck, it was fun to watch and, and hear the music. I will tell you, I've had a lifelong pursuit of finding that place. That's that perfect place where I feel like I fit in, where I feel like my gifts are what is needed, where I, I desire to just grow and thrive and, and help, more importantly, probably help others grow and thrive. And as most folks know, I've, I've wandered, I've got a little bit of wanderlust. I'm fascinated by new stuff all the time. Um, and I was thinking today, I, I was teaching a four-year-old that was staying at our house about beekeeping today. We talked about alpacas. We talked about solar. Um, we do maple syruping a little bit on the side. We've got an alp yarn shop. We're doing all kinds of stuff, and it's just a blast. I absolutely love all the different pieces we do. But in my professional life, I've really struggled to find where's that landing spot and what's wrong with me that I can't go and be that person that stayed someplace 35 years. Uh, it, it's not been my life. The uh, longest I've stayed in a job is 10 years as a teacher in Mora. Um, I've not regretted any place I've been or gone. I will tell you, I grew up the son of a teacher and a principal and an administrator. Swore I would never do any of those things. And obviously I'm a liar because I've done them all now and I've been in that education world for, well now if I include this year, the last 27 years. Again, I don't have any regrets for the places I've gone or what I've done, and I've met incredible people with great stories, and we've had some really good success in the things we've done. But I still never felt like I found my sweet spot, and I've got a poem that I wrote kind of processing all of that called The Paradox of Life, and it maybe captures a little bit about job and a little bit about relationships and just life in general, but I'd like to share that with you and then kind of expound from there. It's called Paradox of Life, and it's a poem I wrote a few years ago. Feeling trapped within these walls, they're invisible, but still, the boundaries surround me, created by my own will. The beauty of the sunrise and the wonders of each soul do not go without notice, yet still this cavern is whole. People all around my life, friends are abundantly found. With all of this, I'm lonely, seeking a fulfilling sound. There are so many answers, plenty of pathways exist. The journey still continues, all the questions still persist. See, I had a lot of paths I could take, a lot of places I could go, and I did. I went to a lot of them, I've gone to a lot of them, and I, I still never found like I was where I needed to be all the time. I mean, I would for a short time, a year or two, I'd be like, oh, this is great. And then a couple of years down the road, I'd be like, hmm. I'm bored, I'm not doing my job, I'm not effective. I'm not, all the doubts would come in. I wondered if I had the Peter principle where you rise to the level of your incompetence. And I never 
thoroughly believed that. I believed I had the competence and the skills to do the jobs I had, but I also knew I wasn't feeling, I wasn't in a healthy place. I wasn't, I wasn't joyful or passionate as much as I needed to be to be successful as a teacher, as a principal, as a superintendent. I, in the midst of uh, my superintendenting uh, in, uh, in Pine River Bacchus, uh, we were doing uh, some training with uh, Dr. Joe Hill, another guy getting mentioned. I think three people mentioned both times you guys owe me something. Um, and we did some training on a giant worldwide, uh, does a kind of a, a leadership capacity training and how to build culture and climate and how to take care of yourself and take care of your family. And and one of the principles that we learned about was called the 70-30 principle. And I don't think it's unique to here. I think it fits in a lot of places. But it means that 70% of your time, you should be doing things that you're passionate about, that give you energy, that fulfill you, that just kind of drive you, that you really just get into doing. And 30% of the time in any job is just the crap you got to do. I mean, we all there's no job that doesn't have that. It's just part of, part of the day. And what I found was, especially as a superintendent, that I was flipped from that a lot of the time. I was 30% really doing the stuff I love to do. And 70% of the time, I was just kind of doing the stuff that you have to do to be effective and do your job right. And I, I just struggled with that. And, and part of this, and I, I always looked at myself first to go, maybe I'm not seeing the joy in, the other, in that 70% that didn't feel right. So I worked really hard. I really did to honestly go, how do I make that 70% move over to the, yeah, this is what I love to do. And you're at least 40% of it, right? And I never found that I got there. I've got a quote I want to share. It's from Kurt Vonnegut, who's an author. If you've ever read his stuff, he's kind of a bizarre dude and got some kind of deep, dark stuff. But I've seen this quote a few times popping up on in different spaces. And I think it really does address kind of what I'm talking about here. So it says this. Here's the quote. When I was 15, I spent a month working on an archaeological dig. And I no lie, I want to take archaeology. Uh, I've been looking at courses that I can take free from Minnesota State Colleges. Uh, I think it'd be really cool. So, but sidetrack, sorry. I was talking to one of the archaeologists one day during our lunch break, and he asked those kinds of getting to know you questions you ask young people. Do you play sports? What's your favorite subject? And I told him, no, I don't play any sports. I do theater. I'm in choir. I play the violin and piano. I used to take art classes. And he went, wow, that's amazing. And I said, oh, no, but I'm not any good at any of them. And he said something then that I will never forget and which absolutely blew my mind because no one had ever said anything like it to me before. I don't think being good at things is the point of doing them. I think you've got all these wonderful experiences with different skills and that all teaches you things and makes you an interesting person, no matter how well you do them. And that honestly changed my life because I went from a failure, someone who hadn't been talented enough at anything to excel, to someone who did things because I enjoyed them. I had been raised in such an achievement-oriented environment, so inundated with the myth of talent that I thought it was only worth doing things if you could win at them. End of quote. Now, I'm an old coach, 
And I, I'm not going to lie, I like winning. I, I, I really do. Um, and I always felt like even as, a, as an administrator, I don't want to be just a good superintendent. I want to be better than the guy next to me or the gal next to me. And it drove me. And then when I couldn't be or when I didn't have a skill set that was the same, I then had to change my tack. I had to look at things differently. And so uh, this quote hit me because all of a sudden I found I'm not the greatest beekeeper. And I, I honestly am pretty clueless at beekeeping, but I enjoy doing it and learning each year from the different things that happen. I've always wanted to be able to play a guitar really well and go out and do gigs and just share my songs and my wisdom and my brilliance. And people will be going, ooh, ah, look at that guy, he's incredible. Here's the fact of the matter. While I can sing a little bit, I'm not a good enough singer to go do that. I know I'm not a good enough guitar player and I don't think from what I've seen so far ever will be. But I haven't found that I enjoy just doing little pieces. That song you heard at the beginning was our song we wrote and did. It's not gonna, we're not gonna go sell millions of albums with it, but the process and being with friends and, and feeling it did it. And I, and I found that I needed to search for that. There's a, I'm a TED Talk junkie and one of the TED Talks that he really hit home for me, this is a number of years ago, but <clears throat> excuse me, by a gal named Emily Wapnick. And she talks about multi-potentialites. And it really was a freeing kind of a release for me. It took me a while to really swallow it all. But she really talked about the fact that some of us are wired to come in, have that impact in one, two, three, four years, whatever that looks like. And then we reach that kind of end point where our creative juices are gone and we're no longer going to be, I don't know, um, buried into, or that's not the right word. We're not going to be so passionate about it that we just keep plugging along. And then it's time to hand it off to those that have a different skill set and can take it to the next level. I, that resonated with me. I love going in and changing culture and creating that culture and getting people to feel empowered and helping them see what skills they have and, and helping them blossom in the things that they do. But once I get that done or what I perceive is done, and believe me, it's never done, I, then I'm looking for something different. And I always felt out of place, guilty, because of that thought process. And she kind of told me, nah, some folks are wired that way. And you need people on both ends of the spectrum, some that are wired to come in, do their thing, make that change, help it go. And those that are just the steady eddies that come in and say, nope, we got a long-term plan and I'm going to get you there. And I tell you, I have prayed day and night to be that guy. And I'm not. I'm just not. So finally, this is that was a long-winded way to get to uh, where I'm really going, believe it or not. Um, I finally reached a point that I, I sat down with Esther, and I think it was over Christmas break last year. And I just looked at her and I, I knew I was not healthy in a healthy place, uh, physically or mentally. I still need to work on the physical part and I have for a long time and that's probably a talk for another day. But I, I just told her, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I I'm, I'm, felt like I was kind of dying uh, in the midst of it. And it's not because of where I worked. I loved Pine River Backus. I loved the people I worked with. Yeah, there were headaches and things that drove you nuts, but that's true anywhere. 
And I looked at her and I said, I, I want to do something that's really stinking crazy. And what that is, is I want to quit. I want to turn in my resignation for the end of the school year. Again, this was like in December. And I want to turn my resignation in for the end of, of June. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a job. I don't have a... And I'm the... I'm, I'm the moneymaker for the family. I have our insurance. I have, I mean, everything in taking care of your family, doing everything fell on me and my job, or it felt that way. And I knew that I didn't have any idea what that next step was. And it kind of felt like a, a Indiana Jones when he takes that step off the cliff and then this magic bridge kind of shows up. It felt like that, except I sure as hell didn't know if there was going to be a bridge there. Um, and my wife, 36 years of dealing with me, and she looked at me and she said, I support you. We'll make it work. You need to do this. I don't know if I've ever felt more loved in my life, to be honest. Somebody that was willing to let me mess up their life potentially pretty significantly and somebody that said, it's okay, I'll be there anyway. I, I, I don't have any words to describe it, to be honest. But we decided to move forward, and it, and it was totally a we. Because uh, I could have kept doing the job. Like I said, great people. I could have kept doing it, no problem. But it wouldn't have been a good place for me, and in that end, then not a good place for Esther either. So I resigned. And sat there going, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. I kid you not, within two to three weeks, I had seven different job possibilities. And they were creeping up in weird ways. I, had, uh, I was at the gas station in Jenkins. And a lady came up that we had worked with with the yarn shop and said, you know, I need some help with a contract I'm doing with my soap business and some other things. Maybe we could work something out. Uh, I, I need you to put some stuff together and do some things. Hmm, that sounds kind of interesting. Call from, uh, and I reached out and uh, a call from uh, a real estate company uh, that I had been a realtor before and uh, saying, we know you. We want you here. We'll work it out with you. Let's make it. Let's make it happen. Um, I don't even remember some of them. Uh, call from uh, somebody that does superintendent searches that I had worked with in a previous job and called and said, "I have a job for you. Uh, I'd love to see you come up here and apply for it. And I think there's a good chance. No promises, but a good chance. And I, you know, and I had to look at him and just say, "I'm sorry, Bob, but." Uh, that's not what I want to do. Well, you think about it over the weekend and call me back on Monday. Uh, and and uh, I just said, I really need to move in a different direction. And so we kind of went through that process. And I'd be honest, I'm totally a whim, thinking there's no way in the world I'm qualified to do this. Do I have any experiences that fit what they're looking for? I decided to apply to be the dean of the Staples campuses and Staples career tech programs and nursing uh, at Central Lakes College. I don't have any, my higher ed experience, I worked admissions about 30, 35 years ago. I'm guessing the 
college world has changed a little bit since then. Um, I certainly don't know about I don't know about robotics and machine trade and heavy equipment and nursing and all these programs. I mean, and I, I called I I had left a message for the president of the college, Harris Charlier. And I and she was professional and just said, I can't really talk to you. You got to go through the process. And I was really calling her to say, should I even apply and waste your time and mine? Because I'm pretty sure I'm not qualified to do this. And she said, I can't talk to you, but I would you should just go through the process. Well, I, I did. I applied, didn't think anything of it. And lo and behold, I get a phone call. Yeah, we'd like to interview you. Now we're in the midst of COVID times. And uh, I'm jobless, you know, coming up. So anything sounds pretty good right now. Um, and so I interviewed from the end of cottage, which is where I normally am. We have a couple staying in the end of cottage tonight. So I'm in Rachel's bedroom. Isn't it funny how we call it Rachel's? Rachel's 30, going to be 31 soon. She's not ever coming to live here again, but it's a good story. And she's never lived here either. anyway. Anyway, I digress. So uh, I went through the first interview in my... Uh, shed. And uh, I honestly believe the only reason they gave me a second interview is they thought it was a fish house and they thought it was cool. I was doing an interview from there. Uh, and lo and behold, I got called to do a second interview, which was basically an all day affair, kind of five or six hours. I think there were four or five Zoom meetings with different groups of people. Uh, and I remember one of them was basically anybody. It could be any community member, any staff, faculty, whatever from that uh, that college and those campuses. And I think they had, I don't remember, it was like 90, 100, 120. It was like the most people they'd ever had in something like that, or I don't know. And I mean, you don't know who's there and you don't know, Zoom interviews are so stinking tough and tiring because you don't know if you're connecting to anybody. It's kind of like this podcast. I have no idea if any of you are really interested in this or really care um, or whether you're getting anything out of it, uh, but we'll pretend. Um, and that's what I did that day. And so I did the interview and unbelievably, they called me and said, we would like to offer you a position. I, I to this day, am shocked beyond belief that this opportunity came up. And so I started July 1st as the dean, one of the academic deans at Central Lakes College absolutely mind-boggling to me that that's what I'm doing. And I will tell you, I'll get to the end of this, that it's probably the first time in I don't know how many years, maybe 15, that I have totally felt like myself. They let me be me and I know I'm weird, I'm obnoxious, I've got ideas coming out my ears and most of them aren't going to work and I don't know how to do detail stuff so somebody else has got to carry that load for me. And yet, they let me do that and they let me spend time with them and they let me learn about their programs because I I, don't, I told them in the interview, if you're looking for an expert in higher ed or an expert in career tech, I am totally not the guy. I, I'm not it. And one of the beauties, I guess, of being almost 60 and doing a career change in interviews is being able to say, yeah, this is who I am. And you can be kind of brutally honest during that process. So that's my journey that I took. So what are the lessons I learned in all of that? Well, I've got three do's and three don'ts that um, I, I want to share with you. And they come, I think, from some training I did again with Joe uh, that I've tweaked a little bit to fit 
what we're talking about today. So the three do's that I would suggest you do, whether that's staying, and I'm not suggesting you go quit your job and go give up everything and, and roll the dice like we did. Um, but I think there are things we can do either where we're at or maybe it is that time for a change. So here are the do's. Do share your dreams and share your frustrations. Be real, be okay to share who you are and do allow others to do the same. Let them have that space to do that. And that's the next one. Do allow your safe and others the space to do. It's okay to advocate for your own space. It's okay for you to say, I need to be someplace like this in order for this to really get the best out of me. And it's okay for others to ask that of you and for you to give that to them. That space is, in this day and age, and it seems weird to ask for space when we're kind of locked in COVID moments, but that space is huge and I have found a great peace by giving myself that space and understanding that others need that as well. The last do is trust yourself and trust others. We live in a world where trust is really a difficult thing to come by for so many. You need to trust yourself and believe that you do have the skills. You're not put there because you weren't capable. You were put there because you were. And while you may not have all the skills and all the knowledge and all the things you need to be totally successful, remember going back to the Kurt Vonnegut thing, part of this is just getting to do it and learn it and go, oh, cool, I screwed that up, but that was kind of cool to learn. But allow others and trust others that same space again so that they can go and do and they can make mistakes. God, we've gotten so far from allowing mistakes to happen. And that's true in a personal level all the way up to a national level of everything we do. Allow mistakes to happen. And then let's learn from them together. Let's do that. And then there's three don'ts. Don't crowd others or allow yourself to be crowded. Space, again, that kind of keeps repeating itself. Give yourself and give others don't don't get in there don't get in their bubble <laughs> let their bubble be what it is and eventually the time and the relationships and those things develop and build and you can share that the next don't is don't stifle others or allow yourself to be stifled let the ideas flow let them be crazy even if they are absolutely not possible let them happen let them go and we'll eventually get through a process to the right spot and the right thing. But I will tell you, if we had stifled our thoughts, there's a yarn shop in Pine River that would have never existed. Because I'll tell you right now, having a yarn shop, having an alpaca farm, having we never dreamed any of this. And yet there we are. And it's a blast. So don't stifle those ideas. The other and last don't is don't expect others to be what they are not. And don't allow others to expect you to be what you are not. This might be the one I have struggled with the most in my entire life. And maybe that's a normal thing. I am who I am. And it brings a lot of quirks and a lot of things that probably drive people nuts. Hopefully it brings some joy and smiles and laughter and love along the way too. And I need to be that in order to be healthy and in order to be in a place where I can do the most good for others, which is really what it's about and giving hope. I told you hope is my driver and I gotta be able to give hope. And if I'm not in that space of being myself, I can't do that. 
And I also got to allow others to be themselves, even when they're obnoxious, even when they're crazy, even when whatever that looks like, I need to allow that. I, I think we all spend time trying to shove them into our box that we want them to be in. And I've told many people, I don't have any boxes. I don't know what it's like to be in a box. I, I haven't been able to get my brain to work that way. We got to allow everybody to be that way. So there's my lessons for today. This is already getting pretty long, but I do have a few other thoughts if y'all are willing to hang on with me a little bit longer. My random thoughts, three random thoughts. Tomorrow's MLK Day. And I've struggled with what to say on that. And a friend of mine posted a quote that I thought, well, that's pretty good. This is from, ML, from Martin Luther King Jr. Be concerned about your brother. Either we go up together or we go down together. Let us develop a kind of dangerous unselfishness. I think that's at the root of everything we're struggling with, that selfishness. And I will tell you, there's a lot of things I have not been. I've never been black. I've never been gay. I've never been ostracized because of my color. I've never, there's a lot of things I have not been. And I can't pretend to understand. As much as I want to, I can't. I, I can't. But I know all those things I haven't been, I need to learn about. And I need to get a better understanding. And I need to sit and listen. And I need to gain a perspective that I didn't get because of my upbringing being different. So I challenge you tomorrow on MLK Day, take time to visit with somebody different than you. Take somebody from a different walk of life and just listen. Just soak it in. I uh, got to go to Atlanta with, uh, we called them the baseball guys, dear friends that uh, we used to do some baseball trips together and hopefully someday we'll get to get that going again. I'm going to tell you right now, and this might be the most controversial thing I say the whole night. When you go to Atlanta, skip the dang Coca-Cola Museum. What a total waste of time. And go to, and I'm wearing the shirt, I don't know if you can see it very well, the Center for Human Rights, and for Human and Civil Rights, excuse me, for Civil and Human Rights, absolutely a powerful experience that will really make you think and really make you ponder about what it is our history has been. We had a really cool experience when we were there and that John Lewis, who passed away, unfortunately, this past year, uh, who was one of the great freedom marchers for Martin Luther King and, and uh, was a congressman for many years, uh, he was doing a press conference while we were there. So while we didn't get a chance, and I've I would have loved to sit down with that man and just listen and just hear and just soak it in. Um, but we at least, we got pretty doggone close to him and got to see him. So it's pretty cool. I got one other poem I want to share that um, I shared. I did share this one on, on Facebook and I think it fits our, our times, uh, the, the capital attack. Again, I'm going to share more about this later. I, I'm going to tell you that Last Wednesday when the attack happened, or whenever that was, the 6th, it hit me a lot harder than I anticipated. And I think it's because I, my love for history and for our history has a reverence for those spaces and those kind of hallowed grounds that formed our country. And to see that denigrated and disrespected and and obviously the loss of life and I mean there was a lot of tragedy that went with that really bothered me and I don't know that I can't frame it all yet but here's a poem I wrote in a similar time a few years back it's called do you ever 
Lord, do you ever get tired? Do you ever think this is enough? Do you ever wonder what happened to your creation? Do you ever live in the midst of this? Do you ever wonder if we'll ever get this? Lord, I am so tired. I've had enough. I've seen enough of the creation and chaos. I wonder if you are there in the midst of this. I wonder if I get it. Lord, give me energy to act with love. Help me be enough. Help me bring peace amongst the chaos. Help me see you in the midst of this. Help me get it. I hope that tomorrow on MLK Day and as we go into some more stuff during this, uh, during this week, that you will find ways to find peace for you and to give it to others. Um, and my last random thought for the day comes from a, a buddy of mine, Mike Bertelson, who shared, and I'm not going to be able to share all of these because there's way too many, but it's real, really just too good. So they had a group of professional people that posed this question to a group of four to eight-year-olds. What does love mean? And here are the answers. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love. When someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Ooh, I love that. Your name is safe. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. <laughs> How can you not just love that? I think that's fabulous. Love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without, giving them, without making them give you any of theirs. French fries are at the heart of everything, aren't they? Uh, let me go down just a couple more. Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. Ah, there's so much truth to that. Uh, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Uh, the core of MLK Day, I think. And I'll do one more. Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he is handsomer than Robert Redford. There's a whole bunch of them. I, I'll share more later maybe, but I just thought those are just so wonderful. Uh, and this, kids got the best wisdom, don't they? Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, the next episode will be Sunday, January 31st at 7 p.m. The title as of right now, and this is due to change, is The Ten Commandments, The Beatitudes, and Insurrection. Ooh. And the one after that is going to be heading into Lent, and it's going to be called Buried. A journey through and we'll be talking about some experiences with uh, my brother and the experience of Lenten grace during that time so again the first and third Sundays of the month are when these are happening uh, we're gonna be they're gonna be posted to Facebook there's also a, a link that is www.facebook.com slash random guy and Jenkins slash live i'll post that that you can find these live video broadcasts i've also recorded this so that i can uh, put it into uh, buzzsprout i'm going to try to see if i can get it up on some of the other platforms uh, and i'll let you know if those links exist okay folks this has gone way too long y'all listen for a long time 
I hope that you get to experience the love that is yours freely every day and know that it is yours no matter. No matter who you are, where you are, where you're at, it's yours. With that, peace out, my friends.